You're listening to the CIT Podcast. If you'd like to know more about CIT or like to donate to this ministry, you can find us online at churchintoronto.com, Instagram, or Facebook. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'd love to see you at church this Sunday. text message this morning. It woke you up. There's no nuclear incident that's going on in Pickering. I'm sure you're all happy to hear that. <laughs> For those of you who didn't get it, don't worry. Everything, everything is fine. Like uh, Solomon said, we are in our series called Follow Me. We're in the book of um, Mark. And we're going to be walking through this book. And as we do, we want, our, we want you to see what discipleship really looks, looks like. We're going to talk about that a lot more this morning. But before that, I want to make sure we get uh, our lovely couple to come on up this morning to read the verses for us from Mark chapter 1. All right. All right. Uh, good morning, church. Um, I'm Eric, and this is my lovely wife, Renee. Uh, and we're just so glad to be a part of what God is doing here at CIT um, and just so grateful that we're able to call this community home. Um, so that's a picture of our engagement and we got married just this past year. Um, and we're just so uh, also uh, really, um, I guess, fortunate and privileged to be able to host a home group uh, at our home. So we're going to be reading from the first chapter uh, in the Gospel of Mark. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John wore a camel-haired garment with a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, one who is more powerful than I am is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Verse 9, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. As soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Immediately, the spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels were serving him. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Many times in life, we go through some very difficult things. It could be uncertainty. Will I ever find a job? A child is coming. Am I going to be a good parent? I just found out I have long-term health issues. How am I going to cope? I just got laid off or fired, and I don't know how I'm going to enter into the workforce again. Which university should I go to? All kinds of uncertainty like this in our lives. We go through periods like this. Also, we go through anxious periods. Our 
country is going through a very awful um, time right now because of the air tragedy that happened this week. And we can feel, uh, feel how that makes us anxious, even about flying and all of those kinds of things. But we also learned that right now there are fires that are raging out of control in Australia and all kinds of animals are dying and people are being dislocated from, from their homes. And, and it can bring a certain level of anxiety to us. But maybe it's not those bigger things. Maybe it's the more personal things where you have a certain level of anxiety because of bullying that you are experiencing or concerned about. Or maybe you are a single person and are wondering, will I ever find that person? And maybe it's not uncertainty or anxiety, but maybe it's a kind of despair. Uh, just recently I was speaking to somebody who said, Ian, I just feel like I've lost my faith. I don't even know if God exists and I'm so, I'm drowning in all of my concerns and I just don't seem to see the answer. Or maybe for you, the despair comes from not having enough money for your bills or if you're an immigrant, will this year be the year that we finally get our permanent residency? And all the time you might be wondering, where is God in this whole, in this whole thing? And you feel hopeless. The reason I mention those things is because I feel like uh, what Israel was going through um, prior to the book of Mark, they must have been experiencing those same kinds of feelings, the uncertainty, the anxiety, and the despair, wondering when would God do something. They, are, they have been in exile. Some of them have returned back to the land, but it's just not the same. And that feeling of hopelessness and dark, long situation was something that they were, they were, uh, they were wrestling with. That was definitely their experience. But the beautiful thing about what we're going to see in the book of Mark is that God said, yes, I know that you're going through this, but I am a God of comfort and I am a I am a God of assurance. So what I want to do, the book of Mark is a very interesting book because it, it doesn't start the way that Matthew does or the way that Luke does. It doesn't tell us about how Jesus was born or anything. It just, it just launches right into like the ministry of Jesus. And it starts with this guy named John the Baptist. And he's, you know, this, Mark is quoting these verses from the Old Testament. And I want to help you to see what's going on. It's not that Mark is just kind of random there's a connection that, that Mark wants us to see. So I want to I uh, put up for you three different verses just to set the scene to show you the kind of despair, anxiety, and uncertainty they were in. The first one is from Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1, and it says this, and, and I think you, you'll be able to feel that desperate cry, Oh, that you would tear the heavens Open. And so the person is saying this, I feel like there's a barrier, God. There's a barrier between us and you. And all I'm, I, what I'm asking you is for you, for you, God, to tear open the heavens. But not just that, come down. Come down and deliver us. Because we're in this awful condition. And so you can hear that 
prayer, that desperate prayer that this person has. Then in chapter 60, oh, sorry, chapter 40, verse 3, God begins to answer that cry. And he says this, a voice cries. And if you were just paying attention to what Eric and Renee said, you should be already making this connection. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. They were asking, Lord, come. If you don't come, there's nothing that we're going to be able to do. And God says, I heard you and I'm coming. I heard you and I'm coming. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. God is saying, I hear you. I know what you're going through. And I am coming to you. And of course, we find out in, the, in those same verses, it's about, hey, you and I, as a response, need to clear the way. There's things maybe in between us and God, and we've got to clear those kinds of things up. And the last one is Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. And what's beautiful about this is it says, Behold, I send my messenger. So God is saying, look, I hear your cry. I'm promising you that I'm going to come, and I'm going to comfort you, and I'm going to assure you I'm still with you. But here's the sign that I'm coming. Keep an eye out for my messenger. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, will suddenly come. So God has said, look, I hear your cry. I know what you're going through. I have never abandoned you. I will not abandon you. I am here with you, and I am coming to you. I'm going to tear open those heavens, and I'm going to come down to you, and I'm going to deliver you. That is exactly where Mark begins. So if we go to the very beginning of those verses again, it says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God. And then he gives us these verses, these same verses that I just quoted for you. And so what is Mark saying? You know that long period, Israel, you know that long period that you've been in, that dark period, the anxiety and the uncertainty. It's over. I am coming to you. But here's a critical part for us today. And as we go into this book, how is God coming to us? He is coming to us in a person. God is coming to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Mark, Mark shows us that this messenger has come. And so who is that messenger? That is John the Baptist. And of course, he uses those verses to connect us to the storyline, the historical storyline of Israel, so that we know, hey, there's continuity here in this story. And then John says this, you need to repent. And for those of you who are not familiar with what the idea of repentance is, it's simply this. We are heading in a certain direction, and repentance means, literally, I make a 180 turn and degree turn, and I start to go in the other direction. And that is what John is calling for. He's saying, I know you all know about God. You've all heard about God. You might even feel you're following God. But I'm, I'm telling you, you need to repent. You need to confess your sins and be baptized. And they did. So many of them went out into the wilderness, and they confessed their old ways and their old life. 
They, were, they went into that Jordan and they came out. They were basically saying, I want a new start with God. And what's so beautiful about this picture is all of a sudden this man, Jesus, comes along. And he's in the water. And it says, as he comes up out of the water, did you notice what happened with the heavens? What, let, let, me, let, let, me, let me ask you. What did Israel ask God to do with the heavens? Right? He, they said, there's a barrier between us and you tear open those heavens and come down. And what's so striking about what Mark says to us. This is different than what Matthew says, different than what Luke says. But what Mark says is the heavens were torn open. What is it? Thank you, Hazel. Amen. Isn't that good? You asked, you asked for something. You asked me to tear open the heavens, and I did it for you. And I came down for you, and I am in the person of my son. It's amazing. God came down to the earth. I have a quote for you from uh, Richard Hayes. Interesting. He says, The tearing open of the heavens and the descent of the Spirit upon Jesus signifies God is coming to rule Israel as king once again. God has come. That, that man who's in those waters is letting you know God has come. And of course, it's at this time as well, you hear God himself say, this is my beloved son, right, with whom I am well pleased. And so you, you, all of this kind of comes together. And again, the critical point for you to take away from this first part of the message is this. God came, and he came in the Son, or another way of saying it is, when Jesus came, God came. And what does, what does, so when, the, so when Jesus came, think about the words that he has to say to us. Repent and, and believe, right at the end. But before that, he says, the time is fulfilled. It's come. The long wait is finally over. The time has come. And the king and his kingdom are here. And we'll talk about this a lot more later on in the message, but when the kingdom comes, it's, we're not talking territory. We're not talking land and things like that. We're talking about something quite different, a rule and a reign. God's rule and God's reign have come to the earth. Now, so if you're a follower of Jesus, if you want to be in God's kingdom, let me ask you, who is the king? And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say, oh, it's because some people say, well, it's God, is it Jesus? No, it's, if, if you say God, Jesus, you're right. <laughs> he's, the, he's the king. He is the king. But let me ask you honestly, in the throne that is established in your heart, who is sitting on that throne? And I think if we're being honest, we would say many times, it's me, it's you. We're sitting on that throne because we're the one who wants to rule and reign and direct and control everything that we do. We don't want to hear from anybody else. But what does Jesus say? 
The kingdom has come. The king is here. That's him. And he has exactly the same words as John the Baptist. Repent. So you're heading in this direction. I know you all think you're heading in the right direction, but you're not. And remember, that's the king who's saying that. That's not just some, some random person. The king is telling you, you're heading in the wrong direction. You should pay attention. So when the king is saying, okay, you're heading in this direction, you need to repent. That means you need to turn around and you need to follow in a different kind of way. Were you living a certain kind of life before? Yeah, you were, but you've got to turn around. You've got to start living a new life, a new way. That's what God is asking of us. Receive him and follow him. So the king has come. God has come to deliver us. And let me bring it to you. Have you responded to God? Have you responded to Jesus? And I'm going to take it a little further. Are you responding to Jesus? Because some of you in this room would say, well, you know what? I, I know he's king. I've already accepted him as my savior. And that's great. But believe me, that is just the beginning because what God is asking you, if you are a person who is following Jesus, following God, it doesn't end there. That's just the beginning. And he's just saying, come on, keep following, keep following, keep following. Are you and I still responding to him? And we'll see what that looks like a little bit later. So in this series, our focus is discipleship. And for those of you who are not familiar with that word, just think about apprenticing. There's a master. We're learning under that master all the skills and all the art and everything else that goes along with that particular craft. We're apprenticing, but with Jesus. We're learning from him as our master. And he is helping us to shape life the way that, he, he, that is best for us. And, and he's going to bring blessing. And, and, and it's him as the master who's directing us. And believe me, if you're following Jesus, you know this already. There are times when you will disagree with him. You think your direction, the way you want to go, is best. And he's working in you and helping you to see no. But I would say this, if you are an apprentice of Jesus, if you are learning from Jesus, you will recognize that the way that he is pointing for you is the right way. It's the way that you need to take. So follow him. Let him be your master. So there's that learning aspect of discipleship. But another point that we want to uh, bring to you this morning is relationship. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus if you're not in relationship with him. You can know a lot of things about Jesus. You can admire the person of Jesus, but that does not make you a disciple. Someone who is actually following after him. What I want to do is I want to tie together Mark chapter 1. We've seen the king has come and there's a response that's being asked of us. And Psalm, t Psalm 2. Because there's a very striking similarity there because there's a king in both of these chapters. And a king has come. And it's God's king who has come. And the question is, how will you respond to that king, to that son? 
And by the way, both of these chapters say, this is my beloved son. And some of those responses to to the king coming are very positive. Some of them are not positive. So in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, here's what you find out. There are some who rage against the king. I I don't want him to say anything in my life. Whatever cords or whatever things are upon me, whatever directing he's doing, I am throwing them off because I don't want to have any relationship with him. I don't want him to speak into my life at all. That is a clear thing that's going on in those first two verses of Psalm chapter 2. And where are you? Have you accepted those, that rule and that reign that God's king is bringing? Or are you just saying, no, I don't, I don't want it. There's some beautiful counsel in this. The way this, this psalm ends is with some beautiful counsel. Two, two, two little phrases. One is, kiss the son and take refuge in him. That's good counsel. Kiss the son. That sounds very intimate, and it is, but it also is more from the standpoint of honoring and paying homage. So think about if there was a, if, um, I don't know if Queen Elizabeth does this still, but anyway, if she were to put her hand out like this to you, what would you do with that hand? What should you do with that hand? I think you're supposed to kiss it, right? That's the idea that's going on here. But in that kissing, what you're saying is, I acknowledge that you are my sovereign. You are my queen or you are my king. And that is what God is asking us and encouraging us to do with Jesus. Would you submit to his royal rule, his reign? And secondly, he says, take refuge, hide in him. And the interesting thing is, the psalmist says, if you kiss the son and you take refuge in him, you are blessed. And who doesn't want to be blessed? But there are some of us who say, I'm still going to run away. And I just don't want to take what he has. So I want to leave you with this. Three ways for you to consider about following Jesus this week and going forward. Number one would be this. Repent and believe. We see that from what Jesus says. What does that mean? It means we acknowledge our sin. You acknowledge your sin. How do you do that? You recognize that no matter what you do or what you try, you cannot eliminate your sin. And see that God has come to help you. God has opened up the heavens and he's come down to help you. And he's saying, Do you want a new start? Do you want to make that 180-degree turn? There is a painting in St. Paul's Cathedral in London, England, called The Light of the World. I apologize for the darkness of the picture. Um, Right in the top, in the stone, you can see the etching, the light of the world, But the picture is a painting done by William Holman Holt. And it is a picture of Jesus, representing Jesus as the light of the world. And he has come to a door, and he is knocking on the door. 
And if our picture was better, we could see that this is a door without a handle. And one then has to ask the question, why is there no handle on that door? The answer is, it is for Jesus to knock. It is for you to open. And Jesus is knocking, and he's knocking this morning, and the question would be, would you invite him in? I want to show you the verse that is etched into the stone at the bottom. It's Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Open to Jesus. If you're in a situation this morning where you have never opened to Jesus and you recognize that he is the one who can help you, I would encourage you, open to him, trust him, and let him do something new in your life. He's simply saying these words, let me in. Let me in. The beautiful thing about our Jesus is he would never barge in. He's waiting for you to open because the control is in your hand to open the door to him. Secondly, as a disciple of Jesus, one of the first things he asks of you is for you to be baptized. Baptized in his name. To follow him. That's what it means. I'm baptized in his name. I'm going to follow this person. And I wonder if I were to ask you this morning, who are you following today? I know the easy answer is Jesus because we're all in church. <laughs> but some of us would, if we're being honest, we would say, you know what? I'm kind of following myself because what I think and what I feel is what I'm going to do. And I don't want to follow anybody else. But maybe that's not you. Maybe you're a person who just follows the ups and downs and the twists and the turns of societal trends. Or maybe you're a person who was influenced by a current professor or an older professor and you think, oh, what they said, the way that they saw the world, I just want to live in that reality. It could be. Or maybe it's influencers on social media or YouTube or maybe, and I don't want to leave this off the table, maybe it's your pastor. Of course, I stand before you as one of your pastors. And um, if you were to have a conversation with my wife, Deb, and say, I want to follow Ian, do you know what she would tell you? Why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. she, would tell you, she would tell you, don't do that. <laughs> Why? Because... He needs Jesus just like you need Jesus, right? Any man, any woman, any person that you lift up on a pedestal and you think, oh, I'm just going to follow them, they're going to disappoint you in some way. There is only one person. There's only one name that you should follow. That is the name of Jesus. That is your king. And that is what Jesus is asking of you when it comes to baptism. Follow me. You can't follow him like the first century or those first disciples. You can't do it. There's no man to follow. 
But you can follow him by getting in those waters and being identified with him in his death and in his resurrection to live a new life. Today, some of you, please stop delaying. Stop, stop saying, when I learn more, when I have more experience. No, Jesus just asks you to be baptized. Just do it. Okay, anybody who's married in this room, did you know everything about being married before you got married? Why are there no hands? Because we don't. We love the person. Right? We love the person we're going to get married to, but we don't know all the ups and downs and, oh, I'm an expert in marriage. No, and it's the same with baptism. You don't have to know every little detail. You will come into all of that reality in time. Just take the step. Would you decide this morning, that's it. No more delay. I'm going to do this, and I want you to do this. Tell somebody that you're with. Say, look, because if it, if it stays with you, you'll put it off again. Tell somebody that you're with. And once you've told them, talk to us, and we're going to get this thing done for you. Repent and believe. Be baptized. And finally, for those of us who've been following Jesus for some time, let Jesus reign and rule in your life. Jesus says the kingdom has come. That means God's rule and God's reign has come. And it's way different than the ways of this world. So if Jesus is your king and he's speaking into your life, he's going to be talking to you about the habits that are in your life, this, your, your sexuality. He's going to be talking to you about your time and your finances and your relationships and all those things are on the table and he's going to be touching them and speaking to you about them. But I promise you this, if you follow him, your life will change. Let me give you an example of a young man that I was, um, a number of years ago, I was in another city and I was, uh, he was a young man in our church. Uh, he, he really, really did love Jesus. But when he went to university, he's a smart, smart kid. And he goes to university and he skated through first year. Partied, had, did all kinds of things. Just, did, just said, you know what, I'm going to do this my way. I'm so smart, I can do this. Do you know what happened? At the end of the year, he got his final grades, and he barely passed mechanical engineering. And he had to get, I think it's called an academic exemption or something along those lines, to be able to continue. And he came to me, of course, at that time, because now he's, now he's woken up, right? He realizes, wow. Maybe the way that I was choosing was not the right way. So he came, and he and I chatted, and he says, yeah, now what, what, what am I going to do? I said, you know what? You really have to let God be the, be the one on the throne in your heart. Let him be your king. Listen to him, what he's saying. So he went away, and he considered that for a while, and he came back a little while later. And he says, you know what, Ian? I feel like God is telling me I need to step in and serve youth. I cannot tell you the difference in that young man. His life changed. Why? Because now he's listening to Jesus. Now the king is speaking into his life, and he has so much more of a blessed life. This young man went from almost not completing his undergrad in mechanical engineering to graduating with honors in a, in a, as a master, you know, with a master's in mechanical engineering. Incredible. 
How, how, do, how does that happen? It happens, yeah, is he smart? Of course he's, he's incredibly smart. But just submitting our lives to Jesus, kissing the Son, kissing the Son, and taking refuge in him. My challenge to you this morning is simple. Would you partner with us? We're heading on a road as we're walking through the book of Mark, we're going, to, we're going to consider together what is discipleship. And we're going to journey. And there's going to be some things that you just need to know. And, and, and we want to make sure you do know. So would you journey with us? Journey with us. Walk with us as we go. Partner with us. And, and, and find out what it means for him to rule and to reign and to follow Jesus. And I would say one very practical step that you can take is this. Decide right now, I want to know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, and I'm going to be here every single week for this series. So just in case the penny didn't drop, just let me. That means you're going to be at church every single week. partner with us. Decide today, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And I want you to know, look, we're all in this together. It's not just you. We're in this together. And God wants to be in relationship with you, number one. He wants you to follow him, and he wants to bless you. And I'll leave you with this simple question. Will you follow him? Let's pray. Father, thank you for all that you've shown us this morning. Thank you for uh, challenging us. Thank you for helping us to see your son has come and he is the true king and your kingdom has come. And God, we're here um, as people, we hear this word and we want to respond to this word. We just, for those of us who have not yet, we want to believe. Lord, we want to open our hearts. We want to say, come in. Jesus, come in. Dine with us. Eat with us. And we want to eat with you. God, we just pray for anybody in this room who is in that position. We pray that you would visit them. You would honor their prayer. Lord, as they bow in submission to you and kiss you, we pray that you would uh, give them new, uh, new life, new experiences with you. God, we also pray for those who are considering baptism. We pray for that decision in their heart right now. Lord, um, we know how our, our minds and our thoughts, thoughts go. God, we just pray to cast all of that out. We pray that people would make a definite decision today. I am following Jesus in those waters of baptism. And God, we just pray for all of us here that we would hear your voice and we would hear, we would hear you speaking to us concerning our own lives. God, we want to live a blessed life, the life that you want us to live. And so we pray we would take you as our king, rule in us, reign in us today and going forward. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CIT podcast. Our mission is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at churchintoronto.com. We'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services this weekend. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God loves you.